Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Bristol 24-7 Behind the Headlines podcast. I'm Downsy and this week we celebrate the return of Bristol's world-renowned balloon fiesta. After a three-year hiatus due to the coronavirus pandemic, it's back. On this episode, Mia Vines Booth chats to Ian Martin, who directs and choreographs the world-famous Night Glow. But first, our reporter Izzy Packer spoke to Don Cameron, founder of Cameron Balloons, the largest hot air balloon manufacturer, about his history and the founding of the Fiesta. Well, I'm, I'm often asked how I got started in ballooning, and mm. uh, I usually put it down to drink. <laughs> I used to be a member of the gliding club. I was always into flying mm-hmm. and made a model aeroplane as I flew aeroplanes with the University Air Squadron and, oh, okay. and uh, flew gliders. Yeah. And it was in the gliding club bar that a few of us got talking about uh, balloons. <laughs> and, it's, uh, the, and the new type of balloon that had just been started in America. Mm. And um, we thought we should, uh, we'd like to get into this. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, in the, in the gliding club, we had a habit of forming a syndicate uh-huh. to own a glider. So we formed a syndicate to do ballooning. <laughs> and uh, we uh, started off writing to America to say, could we buy one? Oh my gosh. And they, they came back and we decided it was too dear. So we decided we'd build our own. How long did that take? It took about a year. Okay. And, uh, and by the time we finished, we realised the American price had been reasonable. <laughs> Was it quite expensive <laughs> we, to do? We learned a lot more that way. <laughs> and you haven't looked back since? And then, well, it then seemed an idea to build some for others, and, mm. and we're here today. Yeah. So when was the company set up? Uh, 1970. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then... The... Probably before time, as far as you're concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably not before my time. Um, and... Bristol Balloon Fiesta. That was 78, 79? 78 was the first one. 78. And am I right? Like, I read that. No, no, 79. 79? 79. A yeah. September, I read that it was a September, every September rather than August. Is that 1979? Yes, it was 79 because um, I had uh, attempted to fly the Atlantic in, uh, wow. in, in 1978. Yeah. Attempted. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> um, and uh, it received a lot of publicity, mm. although we didn't quite make it. We got within sight of the coastal France and we didn't make it. Oh. And unfortunately, the American team made it three weeks later. Oh, no. So that was one of the great annoyances, but it's <laughs> all, all sport. Um, but uh, we, uh, I was a member of the junior chamber at that time, mm. and the idea came to us to run a balloon meet. Okay. And um, I think it was 79 was the first one. I think we should check that out. Yeah, no, I think it is 79. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Um, What made you decide to fly the Atlantic? It seemed a good idea at the time. (laughs) Um, Various people had tried it going back 100 years. Mm. And um, and they'd all failed. Yeah. And one of my friends who had been in the original group that made the Bristol Bell, the first Ooh. balloon. Um, he was uh, he was called and asked if he would help to pilot this balloon. Um, and it had been built in America, not very well, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, 
and by this and uh, it was he was flying with this rather wealthy young couple neither of whom were balloon pilots uh-huh. and they took off and uh, disappeared in the ocean oh my God. and they were never found oh really so uh, that was a disincentive to trying for a long time yeah but we began to think that it could be done safely studying their thing it didn't you mm. could see why it was not good yeah didn't have a good survival capsule and um we also had a friend who was a meteorologist who had a much better idea of how you could time it okay. to use the weather to get across the mm-hmm. ocean and exploit the, 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 the weather system. Yeah, yeah. So um, we thought we'd have a go. And true enough, our meteorologist friend's ideas were, were right. Yeah. We, we, um, we did make a very straight course straight across, but unfortunately, weather forecasts in, in those days didn't last for four days oh. and um, we were about four days in the air four and, days. and the weather started to go wrong just before we reached the coast of France oh. so we ended up finishing the last hundred miles in a, in a fishing boat oh really oh my god you spent four days in the blue yeah what was that like it's it's, it's <laughs> Different. Yeah, that's you feel like that. you're in a spacecraft. Wow, I didn't realize it was. I later did cross the Atlantic in a balloon, and it spent five days that time. Oh my God, when was that? That was in '92. Uh, oh, okay, you decided to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I took part in the Atlantic balloon race. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so have you always kind of wanted to? take risks, I would say. Well, we try not to take risks. Try to, yeah. <laughs> would you not say crossing the Atlantic is a risk? It's a certain amount, but it's a controllable risk. Mm. And I, I think um, I think we identified what my friend who died did mm. wrong. And um, certainly the obvious risks can be covered. Yeah. Do you like a challenge? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and kind of going, moving on to the balloon fiesta, I was just kind of wondering, maybe you could say a little bit about what it means to you, like personally. Um, well, it's uh, it, that too we could almost put it down to drink. Because <laughs> after the uh, first attempt on the Atlantic, um, the junior chamber, uh, I was a member, but usually they invited an outside speaker to give a bit of a talk about something their monthly meeting uh-huh. and um, so they, they asked me to do it this time give a talk about this balloon adventure and I did that and we, we went off to the bar <laughs> afterwards to the local pub and we were talking about ballooning and the idea came up why don't we run a balloon meeting so uh, it was run by the junior chamber for um, for 10 years mm. and then after that they launched it off as a as a self-sustaining thing. Mm. And you're still part of it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been in it since the beginning. So yeah. Um, here we are. <laughs> Creature of habit. <laughs> How have you seen it change from the beginning to now? Oh, well, tremendously. It um, had about a dozen balloons to start with. Yeah. Well, it wasn't 14, I can't remember. But much, much smaller. Uh, there was no infrastructure. <laughs> we just turned up on the field. <laughs> there was a... 
a sort of chuck wagon that did some sandwiches. <laughs> and uh, that was it. There was no crowd. Yeah. And um, it's evolved from that into a major yeah. city show for Bristol. It's huge. Because it's not just the balloons. It's all the, all the other things that happen. Mm. And there's always been Ashton Court. Yes. Yeah, always. Okay. Mm. Um, I suppose, obviously, it has evolved massively. How do you kind of keep it interesting for people coming to watch? Well, it seems to be interesting. We, of course, people love to see the balloons. Yeah. And uh, But uh, we do it as far as we can afford, and, and it's, it's always a balancing act of money. Yeah. Um, to, to put on various other shows, we have... Uh, we have a, what's almost a small town of uh, uh, various stands and exhibitions and, and uh, different things. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> we, of course, try to have arena events during the day. So uh, yeah. there's a lot for people to see if they yeah, come along. And it's a free show if they walk in. Yeah, and like music and food stalls, that's just gotten huge, mm. hasn't it? <laughs> you see, of course, we're very tight for money, but we have, it's been a tradition to keep it a free show for the people of Bristol, and mm-hmm. so far we've been able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. For the backdrop of Bristol, would you say the Balloon Fiesta could have happened anywhere else, or it's quite um, a unique thing? Well, Bristol's a fairly good location. Many large cities have. Um, much uh, closer and busier airports, mm-hmm. but um, and we have an airport, of course, south of Bristol. Yeah. But uh, we have a very good relationship with them during the balloon fiesta. In fact, um, Phil Dunnington used to be the person who was a contact person with them. Oh, really? So uh, someone else will have to do it this year. Oh. But but. Uh, uh, but um, uh, we've had a good relationship and it's all worked quite well. Wow, yeah, yeah. And I suppose there's almost like an appetite for stuff like this in Bristol. Yeah. I feel yeah. like there always will be. Well, it's become a, a bit of a trademark of the city. Yeah, yeah, and it draws <coughs> thousands from outside of Bristol as well, doesn't it? Yeah, <coughs> other cities don't tend to have ballooning the mm. way we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose. Like you said, the first one, no one came to watch. Um, it was just you and some friends. How did it kind of grow from there, I suppose, in terms of, like, the well, next it, year? And it grew. Each each year the, in the junior chamber, uh, a new person would be, become the chairman. Uh-huh. And each chairman would try to outdo his predecessor. <laughs> so competition. each one got bigger and bigger and different things were added. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, that's basically how it grew. <laughs> Until eventually, of course, we began to realize that we can't keep on making it bigger and bigger. Yeah. Because <laughs> just it just won't fit the part. <laughs> so... We've had to sort of plateau off. Yeah, it's still really good, but it's just not as big. It's mm. not going to be any bigger than it is now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we filled the space. Um, and what was you say your personal highlight of like all the years gone by the fiesta? Like, do you have a favourite year? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I don't know. The years sort of merge into each mm. other. Um, do you have a favourite uh, balloon or each? Uh, because the the setup for the last 20 at least years is, is very similar mm. um, each year is a bit like coming home you, you recognize it oh. and you uh, you know you know where everything is, is and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like uh, being somewhere that you know <laughs> and of course 
It's been set up the week before. Yeah. And it's all gone the week after. Uh-huh. But uh, nevertheless, mm. that, so, that town is there for that. that yeah, yeah. And I suppose, is it quite like a community of the people who work there? Do you see the same faces and stuff? Yes, you tend to get the same people every year who, who yeah. come along. Yeah, so that's And, and nice. the same people who work on it every year. And you get new people as well, of course. Yeah. There, there is turnover, naturally. Do you still go up in the balloons? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? You still pilot them? Yes, I'm still doing a bit of uh, flying instructing. Really? Yeah. Um, and I suppose how, like, my last question is kind of looking to the future. Um, how do you hope to keep it going, or do you kind of just hope it goes on for as long as it can? Well, we've got an active... The, the Fiesta is a non-profit making company. Mm. Um, it's... Uh, it's been that from the beginning. Yeah. And the the, the directors are volunteers. They, they don't get paid anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets paid a dividend. Everything we have goes into the next year. Yeah. Okay. And um, it's still quite a tight yeah. thing to do financially. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been uh, in uh, been finding it very difficult to uh, make ends meet and. Mm-hmm. It means that we have to have maybe not as many arena events as we'd like. And, yeah. Uh, it stops us putting in the extras. We'd like to give the, the attending balloonists good hospitality. Because mm-hmm. after all, they're providing the show. Yeah. Um, and we don't pay them anything, of course. No. Um, so uh, we like to entertain them reasonably well. Mm. But uh, it's all within the limits of expenses. Yeah. But the, the city has been supportive, and um, I think uh, we, we don't pay to use the park, although most other people do. Yeah, that's good. And how many balloons in total is it this yeah. year? How many balloons in total is it this year? Um, I don't know how many there'll be, probably getting up towards 100. Wow. And they come from all over? All over, and international, of course. It's, it's the okay, international so you're the director and the choreographer? Yeah, so wow. I, I run the nightclub yeah. completely and I choreograph the music. Awesome. And a rep came in to me and said, hey, Ian, do you want a flight in our balloon? And I went, why not? You know, why not? So I went and then got on well with the pilot and then had a second flight with him. And I sort of thought, this is good fun. So I joined the local club and then I started going out and retrieving and helping people. Um, helping people out and everything else. Uh, and then um, I just started learning to fly and then mm. got the pilot license. Ah. Then I, I ended up, um, I did a lot of commercial crewing, so I was going all over the country <laughs> and in fact other countries. And then I got involved with Virgin and I was, um, I was with Richard Branson for three years oh, really? doing the Round the World Global Challenge. So they'll have just like specific balloons that they just use all year yeah. and like. Yeah. They're just there, but wow. yeah. so but funny the, that it's like a global a specific challenge with a specific balloon. What um, was the challenge? Uh, to go around the world non-stop. Oh. Non-stop, what does that mean? Non-stop in a hot air balloon. As in you don't land? How long? Don't land. How so long how do you refuel? You don't. <clears throat> so <laughs> you how use a... can be uh, This one, in you could fly this for sort of eight or nine hours if you took enough yeah. fuel. Um, if you took enough fuel, so you yeah, don't take passengers, you take fuel, and then do a bit of fun. Um, but the the global 
challenge. They use a balloon style called a rosier balloon, um, which was actually designed in 1787, so a long way back. Um, and it's it's a helium sac at the top of the balloon mm-hmm. and a hot air cone. So what happens is during the day, the sun heats the helium and it expands, ah. and that keeps the balloon in the air. Then at night, when it cools and contracts, you use the hot air to keep it going. Okay. So you take great big fuel cylinders in a capsule, and you take great big fuel cylinders. You're flying, you're flying at about fifty thousand feet. Is that how high is that in comparison to what we did today? Uh, a lot. A lot higher. We, we only reached a thousand today. Wow. So a lot. Okay. So you're up in the jet stream, doing up to two hundred miles an hour. Oh. So the balloon will be up there, and then you're you're trying to guide yourself around the world. Um, is it more is it more difficult to navigate when you're higher up? How yeah. does it feel? Yeah, it's more difficult, um, and you've got to be on top of it. Um, but it was a massive challenge. Uh, Richard Feld, he he never did it. He, yeah, has he, anyone ever done it? Yeah, it was it was actually done successfully by Bertrand Picard and Brian Jones. Yeah. Brian Jones is a local pilot. Yeah. Here, good friend of mine actually. Um, and they successfully did it. it. Took 21 days to go round. Wow! Um, and then it's been done by Solo. Uh, Steve Fossett did it, and unfortunately, Steve Fossett's no longer with us. Uh, unfortunately, he died in a, a plane crash um, mm. when he was out looking for his next adventure. Mm. Um, uh, and he did it successfully in the Northern Hemisphere. And then Fedor, uh, who's a Russian, mm-hmm. um, he did it in a balloon um, out in Australia about four years ago. He's a massive adventurer. And he um, took off from a base in Australia. He flew off round Cape Horn and all the nasty places in the world. He then ended up down over Antarctica at one stage in in a capsule without any heating in it. He had minus 40 degrees, and he's in there freezing to death. Oh, my God. And then he came back around, and would you believe he flew over his launch site and landed a mile up the road. <laughs> oh, wow. And he did that in 11 days. Wow. So that's now the world record. Do you choose your route, then? Can you, or do you, do you stay, well, stay you, in a straight on, line? On that sort of thing, you, you, you're really you planned it all, weather, yeah. And, and challenging the weather. Richard Branson almost success, successfully did it, and they got all around the world until they got to Hawaii, um, and then they came up against a low-pressure system, and they couldn't go over it, round it, or anything, so they had to ditch in the sea. Wow. So they ditched not far off from Hawaii. Okay. I see. Close to Richard's island. <laughs> How convenient. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. convenient. On the Saturday night, we get about 150,000 people watching it. Wow. So we do the Thursday night, not so busy on the Thursday night. There's a lot, but not so busy. And then the Saturday night, it's just amazing. People just come from everywhere. It's just massive. And how do people hear the, the music down in the crowds? So then is that... Oh, they hear it. So they hear it. Okay. It's oh, really it's, it's, it's really loud. loud. Right up. There's the, the central arena. Mm-hmm. and the balloons are in the arena, public all outside, and the music blasts out everywhere. Wow. The pilots hear it through their headsets, um, and then with the different tracks. Uh, and we do a, a mixture of old stuff and new stuff um, mixed in within it. Um, I was going to ask, what kind of songs are you yeah, interested on? Okay, well, we've got, I mean, current stuff, we've got George Ezra, mm-hmm. and we've got uh, Sam Ryder. Nice. are both in there. Um, and then we, we end with Guns N' Roses. Nice. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so that's, you know, a bang ending. 
there's a bit of Bon Jovi in there. Um, oh, wow. And then quite a lot of other stuff as we go. But it's this year, it's a, a trip around Bristol and the area. So there's lots of voiceovers from people in Eastern and, and everywhere else around the city saying how wonderful Bristol Aww. is. Mm. And that's all interjected. And then we bring the sport into it as well. So you get a bit of Bristol City, a bit of Bristol Bears, a bit of Bristol Rovers. Mm. That all comes in as well and the successes. So it's all talking about that as we go with the music. Wow. I really want to see that. Mia Vines booth there chatting to Ian Martin, the choreographer and the director of the Night Glow for the Balloon Fiesta, which runs from Thursday the 11th to Sunday the 14th of August. Thursday and Saturday evenings feature the Night Glow, plus there are planned mass ascents at 6am and 6pm on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. You can read more about the Balloon Fiesta online on our website throughout the weekend at bristol247.com, where you can also become a member and support independent journalism right here here in Bristol, along with picking up some superb member perks. That's it for this week, but tune in again soon for another episode of Bristol 24-7's Behind the Headlines podcast.